Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Every one of us is longing. We're thirsty. There is a desire residing within each of us that drives us all of our lives. It is simply impossible to ignore, and we are yearning for something deeper, something that won't fade like everything we've encountered on this earth. We have all have an inbuilt longing for what is permanent, and we long for happiness. And I'm not talking about the happiness we feel when we get the birthday present we're hoping for, or even when we finally meet the right person to marry, find a job to invest our lives in, or are in a position to afford the home of our dreams. I'm talking about the happiness that comes from life in the presence of God, where there is nothing but satisfaction, wholeness, love, and holiness. I'm talking about a place of refreshment and an eternal home. Well, today on my show, Your Story with Melinda, I have my guest and author, Elise Fitzpatrick, here on the line from California. She's the author of this book, Home, How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deacobist Longings. And she's a frequent speaker at churches, retreats, and large conferences. And she has authored 22 books, and this is her 23rd book, On Daily Living and the Christian Life. And she's on the line with me to talk about the new earth. And I'm so excited, Elise, that you're with me. This is going to be a fascinating conversation about heaven and our longings. And so that was on page 161 of her new book. And so, Elise, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Melinda. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, Elise, let's start with, because, you know, writing a book about home, how heaven and the new earth satisfy our deepest longings. Let's hear about you. Find out as you've traveled and your journey with God, uh, you, you, you came to saying, you know what, I need to write about home. So let's hear about you from the beginning and, and a bit of your background in life and then how you encountered Jesus and then became an author of 22 books and then this book here. Thanks. I uh, was actually raised in a secular home. My mother uh, ha- had been a, a Catholic and my father was a non-practicing Jew. And so I uh, really, in the home in which I grew up, um, there wasn't a lot of emphasis on church or uh, certainly no devotions or anything like that. I did go to church from time to time, went to the Lutheran church with my grandmother. But by the time I was 13 or so, I figured uh, there really wasn't much there uh, for me in the Christian faith. And and, uh, so I began down a road of uh, unbelief and debauchery. Mm. And by the time I was uh, 21, I had already been married and divorced and had a child. And um, I, 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 came, I moved in next door to a woman whose name is Julie. And uh, Julie began to talk to me about Jesus. Uh, 
Mm. And she would come over, and when I was, quite frankly, too loaded to take care of the things I needed to take care of mm-hmm. with my with my young son, uh, she would come over and take care of me and take care of him and keep talking to me about Jesus. And eventually one day in the summer of 1971, I found myself on my knees in my little studio apartment praying that God would take my life. I really didn't mm. understand any of what that meant, except I knew that I needed him. And uh, that began my faith journey when uh, I, in 1971, I found myself within a few months in Bible college, which is kind of... <laughs> funny. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and it was really quite a change. I bet. I was in a, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so if you can picture it, you know, picture the Southern California lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I'm a hippie on the street, basically. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to Bible college. Um, so They probably uh, were like, what just hit us? What is going on? Yes. Yeah. Yes. A- exactly yeah. how it was. <laughs> and eventually, through, through the Bible college, uh, got my bachelor's degree in theology, married my husband, who is my husband now, Philip. We've been married for over 40 years. Wow, congratulations. And thank it's you. Amazing. Well, Melinda, listen, <laughs> every time I say that, I say that it proves there is a God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that because I'm getting married in the fall of this year. and oh, I'm, congratulations. Thank you. That's good. That's encouraging. But I even so for me to get married a second time, you know, in in sort of that redemptive story of God, I can even say, too, there is a God because the kind of person I am for then a second time around. Chris is an amazing guy. And and yet when I hear people being married for 40 years, I'm like, oh, that's what I want, too. So that's great. Thank you that thank you for that gift of 40 years sure. together. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's honestly because my husband is extraordinarily kind mm, and yeah. low key and easygoing <laughs> and not nearly as neurotic as I am. So <laughs> that's that's the good news. We have three children. My husband adopted my son James. Mm, beautiful. And so we have uh, three children together. They are all three married and have children of their own. I have six grandchildren, and all of them live around me uh, in Southern California. So we're able to sort of get together at birthdays and whenever we like, which is just Mm -hmm. such an amazing blessing. Along the road then, I got a a master's degree in biblical counseling and began to do a lot of counseling with people. And then out of that came uh, the writing of books. So I, I I just want to say I never I'm a, I'm not a person who sort of set out to be a writer. Mm-hmm. I really don't look at myself in that way. I I'm a person who set out I think to first of all try to have answers for myself. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's really the genesis of this book that I've written. Uh, I needed answers for myself. And then, of course, because I have that counseling background, I really wanted to have answers for other women who maybe were experiencing the same things I was experiencing or had the same questions that I did. So this book on heaven and the new earth was really born in me through a time of significant loss and suffering that began a few years ago with the discovery that my pastor was going to have to step down because of 
certain failings in his life. Mm-hmm. And that was a very difficult season. And sort of right on the heels of that came sort of blow after blow after blow, not just in my personal life, but in the lives of other people whom I loved and loss of relationships. And the whole the whole thing sort of was capped off on the um, one of the last days of 2014 when my uncle, who had really functioned as a father to me uh, most of my life, died. Um, and, sorry. Um, I'm sorry yes, to hear that, you. yeah. So I, uh, I had begun to ask questions about my, the eternity that was facing me because I was very well aware that, and probably in ways I had never been before. Now, you know, remember, I've been a Christian for over 45 years. Um, I mean, I've got a master's degree in biblical counseling. I'm certainly aware of suffering in lives. But I became aware during this season of a pain, a longing, a unmet desire in my own heart that I wasn't going to be satisfied here. And I knew what that was. I knew it was a longing for heaven, but I didn't know really uh, as much about heaven and the new earth as I needed to know. And then I began to talk with friends, and these are Christian friends who certainly understand uh, at least somewhat what the Bible has to say, and I began to ask them, what is is your eternity going to be like? What happens, you know, when we die? And then they would answer, well, we get to go be with Jesus, and then they would say something like, um, you know, eternity-long worship service (laughs) and some sort of cloud-floating thing. Yeah, and Elise, let me tell you something. Why I love this is that, I'll be honest, straight up, and I've been a Christian all my life, missionary kid, you know, in the Philippines, and Mm. I have had angst about heaven. And this is like, I never have shared this. I've shared this with close people. Because to me, when... I was taught in sort of this theology around my upbringing that heaven would be a certain way. And I'm thinking, you know, these, yes, the streets of gold and living in these mansions. And, and I, I have had, as I've grown up, angst about it because I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I, I, I don't want to walk on streets of gold. And, and I can't imagine eternity in my limited mind of just hanging out. Like I, and, and then people are like, yeah, but you'll be with Jesus. And, of course, in context, I'm like, trying to get that around my head, but I'm thinking for yeah. eternity, right? I'm like, well, yeah. what? And because I'm active and I love doing stuff and uh-huh. I, it, it kind of, I will be honest, here I am publicly, like, yeah. was like, oh man, you know, I should be more excited about this, but I'll be, I, I don't think I am. I'm, I'm kind of having this weird dreading that that's what it's going to be like. Like if I have to sing in a choir for a hundred years <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm picking gems off a tree, which, you know, what do you do with those? Like, I, I, I had no idea. And I remember sitting with a girlfriend, and I looked at her, and all of a sudden it came up, and she, one of my best friends, her eyes got wide, and she's like, I have felt that same way, but I've been not been able to share that with somebody because as a Christian, how dare we say yeah. we're feeling anxious about going to heaven because if that's what we're going to do, that's not really appealing to someone like me. And we both started crying and laughing, at least at the same time, because we're like, 
oh, finally we can be honest, but what does this mean? So I'm so glad we're talking about this because I've actually had these conversations with you know real people who were brave enough to say straight up, Mel, I don't know. And I, I, I need some questions and context of what this is because right now I can't comprehend it and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm dreading it. And I don't want to dread heaven. I don't want to dread it. I, I, I want to be with Jesus, but what are we going to do? Right? Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And, you know, um, mm. I, I think if people were honest mm. and people are, I, I, I'm hearing a little more of that than I think I did initially. Um, and people are starting to know that it's okay to say, hey, heaven the way that it's been defined yes. historically for yes. me is really not that exciting. <laughs> so uh, here's, here's something that might set your imagination off a little bit. You know, of course, and let me just back up. When we die, we do leave our bodies here. And we go to what's called the intermediate state. And um, that is a place that Jesus referred to when he's talking to the thief on the cross as paradise. And that is like a... Uh, that word in Greek actually means a beautiful walled garden. Okay, so that's where we are, but that's just an intermediate state, a stopping off point. And then when Jesus returns, and wherever you want to put that on your eschatological time, mm-hmm. fine, it's fine <laughs> with me. But when Jesus returns, then we're going to be rebodied. We're going to get our DNA back from this earth, and he's going to, in essence, Regenesis the earth. So uh, he's going to speak this earth into existence again. I don't think he's going to completely obliterate it. He said at the beginning that the, the earth that he had made was very good. So he's not going to obliterate it, but will instead reform it, resurrect it, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then we will have this new planet upon which we will live in our physical bodies. So let's talk, let me, let me see if I can fire up your imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, think about the difference between an acorn and an oak tree. Okay. If you look at the acorn, you would never think an oak tree would come from it. Mm-hmm. So now think your body, and this is what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, your body is the acorn. What will it grow to be when Jesus plants it in the earth and then it grows in the new earth? Well, we don't know, but we know it's going to be surprising Mm -hmm. and strong. And you're an active person. You will have strength. And so what will you do there on the new earth in this body that won't wear out without any time constraints, without any, "Mm, I just can't get to that. Without any boredom, what will your body be like and what will the new earth be like? Well, let's just say that uh, we'll, see a, we'll see a beautiful mountain out in the distance and maybe you'll say to me, you know, Elise, I've been wanting to hike that mountain. And I'll say, hey, let's go. And we'll go do it. And, you know, <laughs> there won't be any command on us to stand in an eternity-long worship service because everything in the new earth will be worship. Mm-hmm. When Eve were first created, they were 
they were not commanded to worship because everything they did was worship. Mm-hmm. So the work that they did, the learning that they did, the um, relationships that they had, it was all worship. So maybe you and I will go hike a mountain. I don't know if that's the kind of thing you love to do. Or but... swim with the dolphins for... Okay, uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, that'll work too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll climb the mountain and, and then swim. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and swim. And won't it be really wonderful? I mean, who knows what the creatures will look like, and we won't have to swim and say, ooh, i got to be careful mm-hmm. because I don't know what this creature's going to do. The, uh, the creatures on that planet are going to be our friends, uh, very similar to the way things were before the fall. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe maybe we'll spend a few hours doing that, and we'll say, you know, that was really great. And then... I'll look at you and I'll go, let's do it again. And, you know, there's this concept that in God there is no boredom. Mm. And that's why you have snowflakes, which are, none of them are the same. Because God keeps saying, again, again, because he never gets bored with Mm -hmm. doing the same thing. And so because all things will be new, every day new, you and I will be able to say again, again to each other and go explore as long as we want. Or maybe we'll hear that uh, Tolstoy is teaching a class on using your imagination up in the New Jerusalem. So we'll head on up there for a class. Mm, See, Elise, I can get my head around that. I I, I think... A lot of it, and as you said it, a lot of us as Christians in the church um, have been given the picture or definition of what heaven is like. And and yeah. as I've gotten older in my, you know, older and have been very thoughtful and asked the questions in my own faith, it, it didn't connect with me. And I know that more and more people have said that 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 definition hasn't connected. This right. new worth connects with me. This new worth because yeah. to me, when I look at, you know, and, and read the stories of the Garden of Eden and, and how it was supposed to be, when I read those that part in Genesis, I'm like, oh, yeah. But this yeah. picture of this other, you know, sit in a mansion and walk a gold yeah, street, it, 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 I'm like, really, no, thank you, right? Now, for right. some people, maybe, maybe to sit in a mansion right. from their chaotic life could be, exactly what heaven would be like in, in the silence and sweetness of of peace or whatnot and comfort, because I haven't had it here. So I, I, I understand that. But for me, and so what you're saying really is resonating. Now, let me ask you this. Do Would you say in, in your travels and speaking, like, would most people resonate and agree with you? Or is this still a thought and... Uh, uh, you know, sort of a theology that that people are still trying to warm up to, or what, what's your what's your feeling about that? Because yeah, I I think that people are really excited to hear that mm-hmm. heaven isn't going to be an eternity long worship service, but that worship will be part of our daily experience as we live out our lives on the new earth. So I'm not getting a lot of pushback. I mean, I, sometimes as I talk about the New Jerusalem, which is this city. Um, that is um, comes down out of heaven, basically as a nearly 1,400-mile cube, <laughs> 
1,400 miles mm-hmm. in every direction, filled with people coming down onto this earth, filled with people, sometimes people who are introverted, Uh, start to get hives (laughs) because they feel like, oh, I don't want to be around all those people. Mm -hmm. And and I get that um, because in many ways I'm the same way. But uh, I think that once we get to the new earth with our new bodies, with our new capacities, um, we will have the freedom uh, to be in solitude if that's what we would like to do. Um, but we'll also have the freedom and probably the desire to be with people. I mean, think about conversations where there won't be any misunderstandings mm-hmm. or where, or where you know, you, do, you don't have to worry about, does this person like me or worry about, am I being discriminated against? Are they mm-hmm. trying to shut me out? Or even worry about, you know, I'd love to get into this conversation, but we really only have five minutes. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, we, we have to get away from the sort of idea that heaven is going to look like a Thomas Kincaid painting mm-hmm. and think about it more looking like Toronto. Yes, with all its diversity and complexity, uh-huh. but working uh-huh. together in harmony uh-huh. Uh-huh. and respect and love and yes. celebration. Yes. Ugh, yes. I love that, yes. Elise. I really do. Here's the thing. I, I love that because I, I think that within our own churches and in our own dialogue with others, Christian or not, I think it's important because I've lost a bit of the flavor and excitement within even my own friends who have been Christians for long. Like, we don't really talk about heaven. It's always like a being here. And I understand like doing God's kingdom work here. But I'll be honest, I've lost sight of, you know, home. And what I love about your book is that yet I know that there is home capital H, because within my own successes and celebrations, there's still this weird yes. thing that isn't fully fulfilled that, and satisfied. And that, that to me is, uh, you're really getting into my head here, and I'm really thinking through this, like after this conversation we have, I'm, I want to really kind of talk this through with some friends, because as much as I believe, you know, I, I've, I've decided to follow Jesus and I know that there's, you know, this afterlife and, and heaven with him, there still is here um, a reminder that as much as there's great things that happen here, I still feel like it's not fully completed, right? And, and maybe for a yeah. lot of people, that's how they feel. And talk to me about that because you're saying that's because we are, we have homesickness mm-hmm. and that's because, you know, it, it, we're not fully going to be satisfied with all things here. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. You know, C.S. Lewis said, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) C.S. Lewis said that if we find within ourselves a desire that nothing on this earth can satisfy, the most probable reason is that we were created for for a different earth. Hmm. And see, that I think is what we're getting at here, is that we have desires that no matter how wonderful our life here is, how great our home here is, we have desires that just really, it's just not quite right. Even the best days are just not quite it. And that's because we have this desire. Uh, a friend of mine calls this homesickness we feel a ping from God 
to remind us of where we're actually headed. Mm. So it's like God is sending out this continual message to us in our unsatisfied desires. And that's not to say we don't find a um, form of contentment here. Yes, we do. But we also need to understand the contentment that we're longing for. Listen, the place where righteousness dwells, Mm, the place where you get up every day and you don't say, oh, that's not right. Things ought to not be like that Mm. about anything. That place, that place does exist. It's just not here. But it's right to long for it. And for those that suffer greatly, I I read some of the stories of your your friends who have had to deal with incredible suffering. And I have friends now who are suffering deeply. For that, that one day, this strong oak body... (laughs) Yeah. In this yeah, isn't that a nice, isn't that beautiful, a nice yeah, in yeah. this new earth called home, hanging out in the New Jerusalem or climbing a mountain, they will do that one day in in their strong, you know, body with with people that they love. That that is so encouraging because that that is that can bring anybody hope, right? And as much yeah. as through the suffering here, uh, that's that is hopeful and and. Beautiful. That's what I really love about this book and about your words. Now, we have a few more minutes, but, you know, you're basing these thoughts on on biblical, you know, scriptures and whatnot all throughout the book, right? This isn't just like you're like, you know, I'm just going to say it's 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 going to be the new earth, right? I mean, so that for our listeners, they, they're realizing that, you know, because I, when I look through this, it's not just like your thoughts, like you just came up with it in a dream and said, I'm going to write a book. This is based on your research and findings and, um, you know, biblical study uh, to come up with that this this home is going to be a new earth like you just described. Yeah, and... Uh... Um, you know, none of us have been there. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so what we have to do then is we have to take the word uh, of, of the writers that the Holy Spirit spoke to um, about what that new earth is going to be like. And so, uh, you know, uh, what I tried to do was take the foundation of the scripture and then at places allow my imagination to fire up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are places in the book where I will just say, um, this is speculation. This is what I'm thinking. I mean, when I say um, you're going to have a body that's as magnificent as an oak tree, well, um, Scripture does get there in 1 Corinthians 15 with, you know, the body that's planted is not the body that will be raised, but... You know, trying to make it more concrete, more practical. Um, I, I I do use my imagination, and there are places where I say I use it. But you know, at the end of the day, my imagination is really going to be nothing in comparison to what we're going to have there. Yeah, absolutely, Elise. Well, thank you for your thoughts. Where can we pick up this book, Home: How Heaven and the New Earth Satisfy Our Deepest Longings? Well, uh, you can get it on my website, which is simply Elise, E-L-Y-S-E, Fitzpatrick, 
Com. You can get it, of course, uh, on at any Christian bookstore or any of the normal online outlets. Well, Lise, a pleasure to chat with you, and I look forward to climbing our mountain together. If, Wouldn't that if, be fun? Yeah, if you <laughs> promise that you'll swim with the dolphins and oh, other great white sharks with me. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, you know, again, I'm a Southern California person, All right. and I love, the, I love swimming. Okay, me too. Well, Lise, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank this you. conversation will continue with me as, as I leave the studio because I think it's, it's an important one, and I want to remind even myself and my friends about this home and how heaven and the new earth will satisfy our deepest longings here. So thank you so much. What a gift your book is to us. Thank you, Melinda. All right. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.